You're listening to the Truth and Boots podcast. Join me as we search the Bible for truth about our God, for hope to encourage us through hard trials and struggles, and for answers for anyone who questions our faith. The truth of God's Word is not fragile, impractical, and only used on special occasions like a pair of stiletto heels. God's Word, like a pair of sturdy boots, is meant to be put to work daily and is designed to protect us and help us through the mud, streams, and rocks of life. Welcome back to the Truth in Boots podcast. Today I have coming back my good friend Hannah. She is the mom of Benjamin, who is a kid with Angelman syndrome. Last podcast, she and I chatted a lot about what life is like with Benjamin mm-hmm. and um, as a parent with a special needs kid. So definitely go back and check that out um, if you missed it. And today we're going to kind of be continuing that conversation and covering some of the lies that Hannah has had to deal with um, and the scripture she's used to combat them. So welcome back, Hannah. Hi, it's great to be back. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, I know we see each other all the time, but this is just really fun for me to get a chat with you like this. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uninterrupted by kids. (laughs) So you share with me several lies that... um, you've dealt with. So I'm just going to list them off and then we can discuss the scripture to combat those lies. Um, The first one you share with me is that you are undeserving of difficulty, or I guess stated another way, um, it's not fair for you to be facing this challenge. Yes, that's a great way to put it, that it's not fair. It's so easy for us to feel like we don't deserve the bad things that come into our lives. And One thing we have to remember is that we are living in a sin-cursed world and bad things happen sometimes. And um, one thing to remember is that as a Christian, our lives are not our own. In 1 Corinthians um, 6, 19-20, it talks about that, how we are not our own for we're bought with a price. Um, And so because of that, um, it doesn't matter if I'm deserving of difficulty or not. It matters that I'm bought with the blood of Christ and that my body is not my own. And it, it, it just doesn't matter the deserving of difficulty or not, because we're in a synchronous world, bad things are going to happen, whether we deserve them or not. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. And also there is hope too. So we're not stuck in this terrible world forever. Um, I think of revelation 21, three through four and revelation is actually one of my favorite places to go to get encouragement. Revelation 21 verses 3 through 4 um, talk about the place we'll be living for eternity. Mm. Um, And it says that the dwelling place of God is with man and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be any mourning or crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. So, yes, life is difficult right now. Life with um, Benjamin, like you were discussing in the previous podcast, can be frustrating sometimes. Yeah. But that is not our permanent state. We yeah. someday have a hope that we can get to. We can be free from this incarcerated world and live with joy without tears 
that will be so exciting and I cannot wait for it. (laughs) (laughs) The other lie um, you mentioned was actually not necessarily a lie, but a thing you do all the time, not all the time. I I can't speak for. No, I do. I do it all the time. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Comparing Benjamin to other um, kids that are typical or even other Angelman kids. Um, And I was also thinking that with this comparison, it's sometimes connected to coveting too, because you're looking at those other situations thinking, oh, I want that. That looks so much easier than what yes. I have right now. Yes. Yes. Yes, for sure. I, I compare him to other kids all the time and it's something I have to really hold myself back on. Um, typical kids, also other kids with Angelman syndrome, because he, he, there are other kids who are doing more than he is doing at his age. And it's, it's a contentment thing. It's a trust thing. It's learning to count others in Philippians two, three, it says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. That's not, that means I'm, I'm not putting myself on a pedestal and I'm not putting my kids on a pedestal. Um, I don't know who said it, but I've heard that comparison is the thief of joy and it does, it takes away our joy. And yes, for me specifically with Benjamin, it takes away me just enjoying where he's at at the moment and realizing that, yeah, he might not be where other kids are, but he's right where God wants him. And I'm just learning to enjoy that. And he's so far beyond what he used to be doing. You know, like he's, he's, he's developing and he is doing really well. Um, and it's not just comparing Benjamin, it's comparing myself as well. Um, in our families, I see other families and I think they don't have this burden. They don't have to deal with that or other moms and being like, I, I wish I could be like that. And it's just coming back to a heart of contentment and not counting others not counting myself as more important than other people. The third lie you gave me was that God does not have Benjamin's best interest at heart, that he'd be better off if he were typical and that um, angel man syndrome seems to make him less of a person of a person. I think that this is at the heart of every other lie. The idea that God is not good and that he doesn't love us in the way we think he should um us like me specifically or benjamin as well um it is it's insidious because it's insidious because you think that if benjamin didn't have angel syndrome he would be better if he wasn't typical if he was typical he would have a better life he would have better relationships um he would have a better just standard of living in general and i have to remember and bring it back to the idea that Benjamin is an image bearer of God just because he has Angelman syndrome does not mean he was not made in God's image. And I have to keep that in my, the forefront of my mind to remember that God is good and God made Benjamin exactly as he wanted him to be. And that is the best thing for him. And that's the best thing for us. And I remember when we got his diagnosis, this lie was the first thing I thought of. And I had to remember that God loves Benjamin more than I do and that he has his best interests at heart more than I do. And so the fact that he's not typical is the best thing for him. Mm -hmm. And that, that it's, it's still, it's still a fight to have that, that have that realization. Um, because it's so easy to think, Oh, life would be so much easier if, you know, 
special needs were not a part of our lives, you know, and they have to go back to the realization that God made him, God made him in his image. Um, in Psalm 139, 14, it says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. And his angelman syndrome doesn't change that. He's still fearfully and wonderfully made. In James 1, 17, it says, for the no I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Oh, I'm sorry, that's Jeremiah 29, 11. Um, realizing that God's plans for Benjamin are, are for a hope, a hope of a future. It's hard for me to think of Benjamin being older because I think, what can he do? You know, we're, we're saving up for Samuel for college. We're not saving up for Benjamin for college. And the idea that he has a future, that the Lord has a future planned for him is a very encouraging one. And it's not one, it's not a realization that I will have on my own. Mm -hmm. I love what you said that God loves Benjamin more than you do. So often we as parents think, you know, we're everything to our children and no one loves our child more than we do. But that's, that's just a wrong picture of God. And I think that's at the heart of so many of these lies that we're yeah. not believing something about God that is true. Um, and I've heard it before that at the heart of every sin, you're disbelieving something about God. So in this yes. circumstance, mm -hmm. it's that God doesn't love Benjamin, that he's not good. But I mean, the scripture is full of verses that say otherwise. Oh, um, yes. Oh, man, there are so many. It's hard to choose. <laughs> yes. Well, a couple things that came to my mind when I um, was thinking about the Lord is good. Um, Psalm 34, 8, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And then you even have Christ saying, I am the good shepherd. Yes. So anything mm -hmm. in Psalm 23. The... Yes. Oh, man, Psalm 23 is like right where it's yes. at. <laughs> yes. All of that God is saying because he is good and he does love us as his children. And Benjamin is one of his children and he is no exception to God's love and goodness. Mm. Yes. Um, the fourth lie you gave was that Benjamin's disorder is your fault. Yes. And it, this is this is a lie that I've I've heard of other people believing as well. A lot of people have a hard time getting past this. Um, for me, it was not as much of an issue. Um, it's not something I've struggled with as much, but I, I've included in here because it is one that I have believed in the past, and I know other people, even family members, um, have believed. Um, I think the idea that sorry to jump in, but even you wrote down um, for my notes that the genotype is on the maternal 15th chromosome? Yes. So yes. <laughs> even yes. to the genetics there. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, that's, that's, that is one thing that after we got the diagnosis, Matthew was like, hey, Hannah, it's on your side. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, he was just joking. But um, it is something that it was, it's a scientific issue that happened like before before I was even born in the fertilization when, you know, in my mother's womb, that was that genetic problem was there then. Um, so it, it wasn't something we could have known. Um, it wasn't something we could have prevented from happening. It wasn't the side effect of not making right healthy choices when I was pregnant. 
when we first got the diagnosis that ran through my mind. Oh, I had the flu. Oh, I, I had deli meat, you know, like you have, you have <laughs> yes. all these things in your mind, like all the sins you committed when you were pregnant that you shouldn't have done. And that it's probably your fault. Um, and scientifically, I know that it is not, um, but providentially, and I've, I've heard this before from other angel and parents, the idea that God is punishing me for some sin. And the answer to that is we don't know God's motives. We don't know his reasonings for doing things. Um, in Daniel 4.35, it talks about how he does according to his will among the host of heaven. And like no one can stop him or say to him, like, what are you doing? What have you done? Um, he knows his purpose. And I, I don't. Honestly, I have no idea why God has chosen to give Benjamin this disorder. I just know that he is good and that he chose it. And I don't know the reason that I don't have to. Um, in Isaiah 46.10, it says, that his counsel will stand and he will accomplish his purpose. Obviously he has a purpose for this and I might not ever know it. I have, I'm content with that. I'm content with knowing that he has a plan and it's, it's more than I can fathom and I'm fine with that. Yes, we do not know the mind of God and so often we think um, we know what's good for us, <laughs> but yeah. I'm amazed with some of the things that God's brought into my life looking back on it now, I can see, you know, those were hard things, but I can see that God has used them to grow me. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, so that is one good thing that has come out of the challenges that I have faced in the past. And I know just talking to you right now, you obviously have grown in your relationship with God. So that is one good thing that has come out of this, um, challenge for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's, you get to God, know God on like a survival level. Like I can't exist <laughs> unless yes. I'm closer to him. And I'm sure you've experienced this too, because you are at that level where you're like, I, I can't deal with this on my own. I just can't. And you hear a lot about how, oh, God's not going to give you something you can't handle. And it's like, this definitely feels like something I can't handle, you know? And, um, I mean, I know there's the verse about how, um, a bruised reed, will he not break? And a smoking flax, will he not quench? And you feel like that and you're like, Lord, I'm about to break. Like, you're going to have to help me. And it makes it a survival thing. And he comes right along beside you. He came right along beside me and he says, I'm going to hold you and I'm not going to let you do this on your own. And it's just, it's another level of knowing God and anyone who has been through a diagnosis or just everyone gets bad news. And whenever you have bad news, it draws you back to God if that's your response to it. And um, I definitely felt like the Lord was drawing me back to himself through this diagnosis. Yes. And I'm just sitting here again, thinking back through the fact that so many of these lies that we believe are based in not knowing God. And the lie you stated here was Benjamin's disorder is my fault, but you could state that a different way that um, God is not in control. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and then I already mentioned that God doesn't have best interests at heart can be restated that God does not love Benjamin. He, yeah. he is not good. So it is very important as you go through trials and challenges that you know your God, because yeah. it is when you have a skewed view that your spiritual life starts breaking down. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, the only way to get the appropriate view of God is to spend time in his word. Yes. Um, when I 
got the news of my miscarriage, um, that was right after I had done some extensive study in God's word on um, his character and his promises. So I encourage anyone who is currently struggling with some diagnosis, bad news, of any, anything that's causing you grief right now, go to God's word and see who he is. Because it is when you get your eyes off yourself and on him that you start having peace. Mm -hmm. Um, that you can get the encouragement you need to deal with your trial. And I know this is not something that we had really, um, talked about discussing, but I would love to hear from you. Like, what are your ways of getting God's word in your life? Because I know for me, it's so difficult to actually have time to sit down and spend in God's word. Um, so what are maybe some things that you do to help with that? Well, that is a great question, Hannah. <laughs> um, if you are listening and have not heard the podcast already on studying the Bible that came out on January 1st, so go check that out. But I will mention some things here that I do just practical to get more of God's word into um, my day-to-day life. I have um, in my kitchen... Um, a big sign that I got at Hobby Lobby. One of the things that I struggle with all the time is control. I like to be in control. Yes, I'm right there with you. (laughs) So the verses that God has used to um, challenge my heart on that point is um, the many references in the Bible to being still. Stand still, Moses says, and see the salvation of the Lord. Um, be still and know that I am God. And then Jesus calming the storm and he says, peace, be still. So all of those are reminders that God is the one that's controlling the situation, not you. So in my kitchen, I have in big letters, be still. So when I'm washing dishes, I glance up at that and I'm reminded if I'm, you know, having a challenging day that, wait a second. I'm not going to be the one in control here. It is God. And I have another verse in my bedroom here where I'm recording. Um, that is my life verse. That now unto him that is... Ex- to... Let me say that again. <laughs> now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory. God is able. He's able to do a beyond anything we could imagine or even dare to ask him. Um, so those two verses I have displayed prominently in my house, just like it says in the book of Deuteronomy, you know, to post scripture on your doorpost, to have Mm -hmm. it someplace where you can see it all the time. Right. So if there's something, you know, you are struggling with a a sin habit or, um, maybe a, a thought that you just want to counteract, put verses up where you can see them. When you get in the car, put it right there next to your ignition switch um, or an ignition button. Maybe I've heard people put them on the bathroom mirror so when they brush their teeth, <laughs> there's a verse of encouragement right there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But put it in your path. And then one thing I mentioned in the podcast was listening to God's word. Um, the Version app is a free app that... It's got the um, different texts of Bible and various versions that you can read for free. 
but they also have this big play button at the bottom there. <laughs> so it is absolutely free to hit play and have a professionally recorded um, audio of God's word. So that is something that I've put on before while house cleaning, just put in my earbuds. Um, or in the middle of the night trying to stay awake with a newborn. <laughs> I put in the new earbuds while I nurse. Um, so those are a couple of practical ideas. Have yeah, you had anything good. that has encouraged you? I'm very similar to what, what you said, um, doing the verses, especially in our refrigerator, because I pretty much live in the kitchen. <laughs> so, you know, there's that. And then um, we have a Amazon Echo, which is amazing because hands-free, you know, who doesn't love that? And I listen to music all the time. And especially during diagnosis and difficult times, that is one of the things where it's a hands-free, you know, while I'm cooking, while I'm cleaning, um, while I'm feeding hungry kids, I can listen to that. You can, I can listen to the Bible and I can listen to music. Um, especially music is just so encouraging because it feels a little bit like the psalmist, like David is like saying things to you, mm -hmm. like this is what you're going through. I've gone through it too. And even though he didn't write a lot of these songs that I'm listening to, it has that same sort of feel to it. And especially when you're like crying out from your heart in the same way. So that's one thing that has, has really helped um, as well as the podcast. Podcasts are great. Pretty much anything you can listen to. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't take away from the like personal time, like sitting down and reading your Bible, but it's so nice to be able to do that while you're doing other things because I mean, who has hours a day, you know, to be sitting down and reading. Right. Um, but yeah, anything I can listen to that always helps. Yes. Um, and you mentioned, especially when you were, um, dealing with the initial diagnosis and the grief you were feeling, um, if anyone is out there and they have an initial diagnosis right now that they're trying to, um, just work through the emotions of, or any other grief that you're feeling, go back and check out my podcast dealing with loss because, um, I explained from scripture how to deal with those emotions and lies and everything that come at you when you have a loss. Um, and Hannah, you mentioned that the psalmist, um, David frequently, but other, the other psalmists too, just seem like they know exactly what you're feeling. Yeah. And one of the things that has always amazed me, um, well, not always, I discovered it a couple years ago. But it's amazed me every time I've gone back and read those Psalms or even the book of Job. The um, person there is kind of self-counseling. You see them stating something that is blatantly incorrect about God and the way he interacts with them. And then they immediately bring their mind back around and say, wait a second, this is the truth. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that was always encouraging to me to know that even David, a man after God's own heart, had thoughts that he had to keep in check, that yeah. he wasn't perfect all the time. He and had to speak truth to himself too. <laughs> yes. He had to um, be honest. Um, but it was encouraging to me also to see that 
he is praying to God these things. I and mean, he God already knows how he's feeling yeah. and what he's thinking. So he's telling God all these incorrect things and then comes back and says, okay, God, I know that was all incorrect. This is how you really are. Um, so don't be afraid to pray to God exactly what you're feeling in the moment because he already knows. So it is a a help in your grief. That was one thing that I did um, when I was dealing with grief, just being honest with God about what I was feeling kind of gave his spirit the opportunity to bring verses to my mind that corrected the lies I was believing. Mm. Okay, so thank you so much, Hannah, for um, sharing your heart with me again. Absolutely, Um, anytime. (laughs) This has been so fun. And again, I encourage anyone listening, if you are challenged with any heartache in your life um, or any lies that you're believing, go to scripture, spend time in scripture because that is what will encourage you and give you the strength you need to get through your day.